0: i miss right. brad stein
1: yes i do too
0: brad if you're watching this we love you so much
1: <sighs> does that to get uh, yes we want to get that out of the way before we start we did both puff, De- uh, puff daddy puff. jr and the g-wiz um oh my god
0: <laughs> that should be your name now it's g-wiz <laughs> and puff daddy jr <laughs> That's it. i'm changing my name to that right now
1: oh dear god well while you're doing that Let me welcome our audience and welcome one and all. On YouTube and in podcast land, you are listening to the Tantra Kings. Roll it. Welcome once again to the Tangent Kings podcast. I am, of course, your humble servant, G. Michael Francis, and I'm here with my partner in crime, Mr. JJ Banks. How are you doing today, sir?
0: Doing okay, Mike. I'm uh, very excited to shoot the show tonight. I'm excited to talk about all this uh, rampant chaos occurring in the Brooklyn Center streets in this state we call Minneapolis, Minneapolis, <laughs> Minnesota.
1: I'm not editing that out. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: What's in that pipe, Banks? <laughs> yeah, what is in that pipe? Do you actually know?
1: No, I do not. You didn't show me.
0: Oh, uh, uh, It's a very illegal substance. It's known as chamomile tea.
1: Oh, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I think you did have that one before. My tea,
0: My tea, tea pipe. I smoke it. I mean, it's not too bad. You feel the effects pretty quick. Um. It's not as easy to smoke as, for example, actual pipe tobacco. But what's cool and the reason why I smoke it is because it doesn't leave a lingering smell on the walls or in the room. Um, If it does leave any odor, um, it's very pleasant. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: one reason why I'm able to smoke it. Otherwise, I'd be smoking pipe tobacco, which is just. If it weren't for the lingering smell in the room, um, it's superior in every way.
1: Mm hmm. I agree, and I rarely even smoke my pipe. I don't even know where my pipe went. Travesty. <laughs> Travesty what? of travesties by the order of the Emperor Saint Augustus. Um,
0: okay, Frollo, don't get too excited there. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say that again in Frollo's voice?
1: No. Ah. I I have actually uh, lost uh, lost my touch with that, you know,
0: because you haven't practiced it.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, it's hard enough for me to go, witchcraft.
0: See, but, you can do it. Just practice it a bit more.
1: Well, even then, it's very quiet and naive. I seriously doubt the mic picked that one up.
0: You're overthinking it, Mike.
1: Yes, I know. I have a tendency to overthink things. Then when they try to go to my mouth, it comes through in a garbled mess.
0: <laughs> yeah, You're overthinking how much you overthink things. It's It goes and goes and goes. Just gotta... Yes, it's a
1: It's a a death cycle that royally annoys my wife.
0: Don't worry, Mike. Just be like me.
1: Oh, dear God. Everything's
0: perfect exactly how it comes out of your mouth. Every single syllable.
1: And if it's not, it doesn't count.
0: Right. You just fixate. Well, jokes aside, you fixate on the results you want, and you fixate on what you're doing right, and because you're fixated so much on it, you inevitably do more of that. Whatever you fixate on, what you give energy grows. Um, what you don't give energy shrivels up, certainly as far as psychology is concerned. So when you're driving down a highway, you don't fix it on, oh my God, I don't want to hit the guy next to me or I don't want to hit the stop sign that's like 30 feet off to the right. Off the You'll main. hit the
1: speed limit sign 40 feet off to the right.
0: Right, uh. when, you're, when you're fixated on, I don't want to hit any of the, the lampposts at all. And you're so fixated on it, you'll probably hit the lamppost. But if you keep focusing on I want to get straight or I want to go home, right? When you it on that, you're going to get more of that result. That's the direct – you focus on where you want the car to go, not where it's presently going.
1: That is a good point. It's something that
0: I've learned that's helped me a lot.
1: Yeah, but right now my wife is probably begging you on her knees, can you please give me driving lessons?
0: I probably – you or Me. Me. I was just like, I don't even know your wife.
1: <laughs> no, she's begging you to give me driving lessons.
0: Oh right. <laughs> well, I could teach you both. I only charge. Uh, First of all, 000. you
1: said that a little too willingly.
0: I did. I like money, and I'm great no at driving. like you.
1: You uh, for one uh, for whatever reason know what my driving's like.
0: I don't. Did you just but... assume my driving style. Hmm? Well, I did. <laughs> Well, based on what you said, yes, you're like, you should, your wife, I, I, my wife is begging you to give. Based on what you said, I'll give you both driving lessons and I'll only charge you two grand an hour. <laughs>
1: We'd afford like 10 minutes. Uh,
0: That's all you need. I was an Uber driver for two years. Granted, I saw lots of parts of Minneapolis I wish I could forget. <laughs> like the whole state right now. Ah!
1: Which is interesting, because I was in St. Paul recently, and apart from some signs, I didn't think it looked that bad.
0: So, jokes aside, um, (laughs) jokes aside, I mean, the whole state isn't crap, obviously, and St. Paul's not too bad. For some reason, in St. Paul, it always seems like it's a really quiet neighborhood. It always seems like the unrest is from Minneapolis.
1: Minneapolis is the crap hole.
0: Yeah. Followed by Brooklyn Center and North Minneapolis. And I'm not sorry for those comments. And the three so
1: and the three I'm apologizing. Come, and the three join their rings and form Hosterman. Uh my Hosterman,
0: everything should have been ruined to the thigh stick out of you. Hosterman.
1: And only my sister and her generation would get that joke. Uh that that's, someone
0: will appreciate it.
1: Yeah, someone who went to Hosterman, or as they lovingly called it, Hosterhole.
0: Hosterhole, I barely even know her. Yeah, it didn't bomb that bad. I got
1: uh, it, a reaction. It bombed worse than Nagasaki, dude. You
0: get. <laughs> okay. So did that joke. <laughs> that didn't bomb. That was a great one. We just had like a kid in the background saying, "Oh, write that down! Write that down! Nagasaki bombs in Japan." Gosh, that's a great joke, right?
1: No, they're they're writing it down to contact my lawyers. Uh,
0: <laughs> you have lawyers. No wonder yes. we can't afford the show. <laughs> We're not even making money on the show. We can't even afford lawyer fees.
1: Yeah, I- I've always told you about my uh, my absolutely prestigious law firm.
0: Oh, Alan Shore and Denny Crane, all my favorite. Denny Crane. Denny Crane. Hey, you seen Boston Legal, right?
1: No, I actually haven't.
0: Okay, so if you can get past... Okay, it's extremely pretentious at points, but... The Characters are really freaking hilarious. Um, it was a spin off series of the show The Practice, which is like this really pretty much a kind of a boring lawyer show, not the whole thing, but just from the pisses I've seen of it, it's just like I'm just watching this for uh, James Spader's character, that's about it. And then uh, William Shatner's in it, which is fantastic. Um, I'm told the earlier parts of the sh- series is better, but anyway, so they did a funny little spoofy spin off series where it's just a bunch of lawyers like cracking funny jokes and Shatner being pretty much James T. Kirk in a suit. (laughs) There's a scene where he's fly fishing and he doesn't know what he's doing. It's like, I can't catch anything. He pulls out a handgun while he's fishing, shoots the fish, puts it away, says, I caught something.
1: So he basically pulls a secondhand lions.
0: Pretty much. There's also a scene where they found out that they're getting bought out by um, some Norwegians. Like, oh, this is fine. But they find out that the Norwegian company just got bought out by a Chinese company. And then... Denny Crane walks in and he's like, "Who told me? No one told me that a bunch of freaking commies are taking over my law firm. You can't take it." It's like, "Well, they bought us out, then." He's like, "I don't care." He pulls out a paintball gun and starts shooting like ten of the Chinese like businessmen. He's like, "Get out of here, you commies!" It's like, "Denny, stop, Denny, Denny!" And they run out. I'm like, "That's amazing." Okay. Crane, and then he just said he has this habit of just saying, I'm Denny Crane. All the, he just says his name all the time, and I'm like I would legally change my name to Denny Crane if I could. Okay, maybe not if I could, but I'm t- I've, I've been I've been sorely tempted to. Well, uh, oh, I get yeah, oh, the... sigh si louder, Mike.
1: Well, now that if we're done discussing the uh untold, long-lost third cousin of Dr. Niles and Fraser Crane. Ouch.
0: (laughs) Keep going, keep going. We got to keep this going.
1: Should we just tell our audience what we're going to be discussing tonight?
0: Well, we're getting to it. We're making our way to it. We're called Tantakings for a reason, Mike. (laughs) i'm trying to do some improv here and i'm happy to know that like two jokes out of the seven i've told landed so that's great all right hey kids all right so needless to say
1: so moving off of our silly train and getting a little bit more serious
0: captain buzzkill over here
1: with the mike's hard lemonade
0: mike and his mic
1: yep mike with his mic Speaking into his mic. Um, Speaking into his mic. We will be discussing the conclusion of the Derek Chauvin trial, among other things, such as, you no, know, if we have time, we'll sort of talk about our recent uh, fall, if you will, into, you no, know, the court the of gravity. public opinion. And uh, what else were we going to talk about? I don't remember. I'll
0: talk about a little bit of the, um, some of the activist stuff going around. That's what it was. People aren't really, it's on, people aren't really talking about it. I mean, well, one thing I want to, I'll I'll kind of mention this because we kind of mentioned it and this will kind of lead us into talking about the Derek Chauvin. um, Well, okay. Well, second thought, I'll hold off on that. Why don't you tell us what we found out about the Derek Chauvin tribal, which I'm sure everyone's aware of right now.
1: Well, it actually just broke today about four hours ago now uh, from the time of recording this episode that Derek Chauvin has been found guilty on all three charges. So the charges against Mr. Chauvin were as follows. Second degree murder, third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter. And he has found been found guilty on all three counts. This, you know, and As to the charge of third degree murder yes the court has uh made its decision i'm allowed to disagree i think for one thing that second degree murder charge is a bit of a stretch because that needs intent yeah and from what evidence i have seen there's no clear indication of intent Uh, aside from the fact that no, it there was what three times the lethal dose of fentanyl four. in his system
0: four, four times.
1: Four okay, times. I, I read somewhere that it was three.
0: It's also a kind of um it's also a kind of drug if if I recall correctly and if I've got my information correct that it's the kind of drug that can make you manically depressed. Um, it can make you it can make you super super depressed. um it can also restrict your breathing in many ways. um specifically, it's also something that, if I recall correctly, I believe it was a kind of drug that or the kind of drugs that were also found in his system were the kind where you could be very depressed. And then as soon as you're under stress, you go from zero to 10, like violently um, either angry or um, upset or distraught, um, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm.
1: That's and what they did. I also want to say just out of the blue, I totally agree with the charge of third degree manslaughter and at least partially agree with the third, what was it, third degree murder?
0: It was third degree murder and then it was yep. manslaughter.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with those two charges, not so much with the last one.
0: Well, you know, this is something I was gonna, so the thing I was gonna mention earlier is that the problem is it, what's not being really talked about, The the what I hear constantly is the officer's already guilty? Is what was kind of what was what's the loudest people that I'm that I'm aware of. It's like he's guilty, he's yeah, it's guilty, been he's like that
1: for himself. the like the past year,
0: yeah. It's like the there are the conclusion is that it's already been decided that he's guilty, he's guilty, he's guilty, and nothing that anybody says is going to deter that. The media has been saying he, he's been guilty. Um, you also have, I think, just about every one of my leftist friends. Um, have said, "Yep, I are I like I clear verily know he's guilty, and just in order for justice to be done, he has to be tried for this." Um, when th- my concern is that
1: that it's that's a dangerous precedent.
0: It, well, that that's a that's one point I was going to make, which we'll talk about more in a bit. But the, one of the points I was going to bring up is that he's guilty no matter what extraneous circumstances are going on uh, prior. It doesn't matter it and it's obviously to the act to the rioters really the people that are causing property damage in the name of black lives matter or antifa they feel and they act as if they've got this moral justification like you see this is one they don't say one person was killed right one person was killed and one person is in this like isolated bubble like this is an individual and individual. no they see it as class they see it as the classist lens where x group the oppressed group um, is being oppressed by the oppressor group. And because of that, those who identify or are part of the oppressed group are justified in any other action that they take is against the oppressor group, be it against all cops. That's why you've got tons and tons of graffiti saying all cops are bastards because cops belong to the the, the bourgeoisie class. They belong to the um, white supremacist class. They belong in the bad guy class where they're all, they're all their medieval there's no good ones in it. They're all terrible. And I just, it's like, you want to look at the world in this little tiny little lens. And I'm like, they're all evil. And I'm going to overly simplify everything to like this, just a couple narrow things. So I only see what I want to see. So they do that. Obviously then there's accusations of police brutality in the system. You say systemic racism, systemic violence, stuff like that. People talk about those kind of things, but generally speaking, they, they, the criticism people place on the police department in general tend to come from that ideology of it's in one way, shape, or form, it's they're still oppressors, even if the system was totally reformed. Um, I would still contend, I would suspect that they would probably, if you're, if you're gold, let me put it this way, let me rephrase it this way if your stated objective is to destroy and dismantle institutions that kind of hold the country together critical institutions so you've got a judicial system and a law enforcement system if your goal is to like pressure those and dismantle them it doesn't matter what they're going to it doesn't matter what kind of reforms or good or bad things happen if your perception is it's all evil it's all bad all the time and it has to be destroyed um then it doesn't matter what the individual actions of a particular cop or a judge is you just have to demolish it to the ground and the problem is is that that what the precedent this is setting, which the what the precedent is setting is that there's so much, the intensity of mob violence and property damage and how much fear is in the minds of so many people. You've intimidated, I I would say that they successfully intimidated the jury. Do I think that they needed to do that? Not necessarily, but I I would suspect the jury would have ruled this anyways, maybe not as intensely, but the thing is is that they, I think they've they've successfully intimidated them to the degree and the judge, to the degree um, that they, it's ensuring that the mob gets what it wants, even if so, in some some um, some some fluke of a chance where, in some fluke of a chance where um, they would have ruled otherwise, like the judge almost declared it a mistrial, which is interesting interestingly enough.
1: Mm-hmm. Which actually kind of calls to mind. I was on my home, on my way home from a party this afternoon. And, you know, I I was listening to Mark Levin, not that I really care for him. I, he was just on. Mm-hmm. And he said something interesting. You know, you remember back a year ago, well, they, oh, the system's terrible. The system's racist. We need to tear it down. We needs to be destroyed. And all of a sudden, say, yay, the system. It's like, people, make up your Mark, minds.
0: Mark Levin was saying that or he's talking about people saying that?
1: Ma- people were saying. Uh, Mark right. Levin was talking about people saying that.
0: Right. And you know why they do that, right? uh enlighten me one of the reasons why is it's not just i mean tim tim pool would say it's it's just tribalism and it's like that's mm-hmm. part of it but that's not i don't think that that goes far enough in describing it um it's here's the problem here's kind of how marxism kind of works is that not only is it a worship of power right it's marxism doesn't have morals marxism doesn't have a it's an appearance of moral frameworks it doesn't have morals it doesn't have actual morals or any kind of ethical framework per se it says there's an appearance of it and it's enough to get people angry and motivated um but it's not a true one when you kind of test it under a microscope marxism is a worship of power it's an obsession with power it's an obsession of if the people i don't like are in power you criticize them and humiliate them and you a community act you uh organize activism against them until they are weakened and then you can step in and assume power instead. And then you, then you tyrannically oppress people who don't comply with that. Um, That's one way it kind of tends to operate. But one of the things, uh, Carl Benjamin pointed this out in one of his, uh, I think it was his personal channel, but he runs the podcast of the Lotus Eaters. And one thing he mentioned in his, in his show was that it's, this is the reason why this left is doing this. The reason why they're doing this you know, why they're hating, like, violence, 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 pressure, 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 make everything so hot that conservatives or anybody that might be a moderate just backs down, either joins the cause because they capitulate, or they just recede and, they're, and you silence them.
1: Kind of like the or, graphite in the Chernobyl reactor. Yeah. It, so, and if you don't get that, watch the miniseries from, I think it was HBO on Chernobyl, mm-hmm. you'll get it.
0: So, what happens is that there are these two views that are going on. And what he described in them was, it's the view of, I believe what he called it is that it's the, basically it's, I'll put it this, I'll describe the views. I don't remember specifically what they were called, but it was something to the effect of, it's the will of the agent versus the agent of the will. I think is what he called it as. And basically what the two ideas mean is that in more Western Civil, uh Western Civilization. There's this idea that my, my, I'm free to do what I want, but my freedom ends, my freedom to swing my hand ends uh, where your nose meets your face, right? I can swing my hand around as much as I want, but as soon as it, it like, not just it harms somebody else, but basically I have the ability to do that as long as it doesn't like punch someone in the face effectively, right? It means that I'm free, but I have, I'm free to do what I want to do. Um, But there are, or more
1: accurately, what I ought to do.
0: Yeah, that factors into it as well. I can do things, but there's consequences to my actions, and I'm constrained by the material world. There's that view. The other view is that there should be no constraints at all. That I should be able to just will something or feel something, and that becomes equivalent of reality.
1: Yeah, and we saw this in play, you know, just a couple of nights ago. I remember seeing something on the Daily Wire. Ben Shapiro was talking about this video where a man was just trying to keep his business from burning down. He had an extinguisher, trying to put the fires out. And mm-hmm. I mean, he did use it to push people away. I probably would in his situation.
0: Mm-hmm. I, mean, I
1: see my livelihood going down the, going up in smoke, literally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, I, I want you, to, you know, to get away, and they beat the whole ever living crap out of him. Of course.
0: Absolutely. Be, because Joe, you know, it's, it's it's my will to power. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. It's it's sick, it's disgusting, it's evil what these people did to that business owner, and it's not acceptable, period. The reason why they did that though is because they're seeing somebody who's putting a boundary on them or, or mm. resisting them exactly. or he's putting a wall up saying, you can't do this, saying, how dare you say I can't do this? How dare you push back? on me? how dare you have any kind of resistance to me? Because they think because I will it, because I feel it, because I think my perception should be so, so free that anything I will should materialize into reality, Right. And then it starts to get to a point where you start following that ideology to its conclusion. Eventually, you start looking at both your physical body and nature in general, saying, how dare my phys- – I am – way Sargon made this joke. is like, how dare my flesh be constrained by these mortal coils? And it's just – and that's exactly it. Yeah, that sounds like a character from a book I wrote. Um, but that's the idea. That limitation put on you is evil. So if you have a judicial system, for example – who says you can behave in a certain way, but there is certain limits to your behavior because if you're going on killing people, that's unethical, number one. But number two, you're not allowed to kill people, not only because it's not a consensual, but number two, you are, basically your will is overriding someone else's agency. Now in this kind of super willist view, For lack of better term, I can't be constrained by anything at all. I should be able to do what I want. So when this business owner comes around and puts out the fire, they say, "How dare you, you know, attempt to stop me from what I'm doing?" And so they they so they don't stop. Um, Sargon pointed that out. He said they won't stop. And you if if you want to say, "I just want to have my six to ten acres of land with my house and have some walls around it. I just want to be left alone." They won't leave you alone because. They are looking for, th- not only are they looking for things to destroy, but they're also looking for anything anything constraining them at all. So if anybody invokes any kind of moral principle saying, I don't think that we should make two-year-old children transition just because the parent is pushing some kind of intersectionalist ideology on them. I don't think we should modify children's genitals because the parent has either indoctrinated them or the child has said, oh, because mommy taught me this, I should tell myself I'm a girl or a boy, whatever it is right if to say how dare you rest- to have any kind of boundaries at all they they can't they can't take them they will not take them so they won't leave you alone they will never leave you alone they're looking for something else you take out texas as a conservative holdout state right what's the next one let's go to Idaho and Utah next. Let's undermine and destroy those states. Let's do the same thing we did to Texas. Let's do the same thing we did to any red state at all. Um, let's take this Derek Chauvin trial, whether, you know, regardless of the merits of the trial, let's just take that out of perspective hypothetically.
1: Which, uh, any merits at all, Maxine Waters just, well, blew them out of the water.
0: Right. By you her take that absolutely
1: idol- idiotic statements.
0: It's it's hide- it's disgusting. It's hideous. And it's, and it's evil what she said.
1: And, you know, I'm, a, I'm starting to think like she's, you know, uh, my one criticism of, president trump
0: mm-hmm.
1: was that you know he just couldn't keep his big mouth shut
0: mm-hmm.
1: no if he during the campaign if he just kept his big mouth shut he probably would be in the oval office right now
0: i doubt it they there there's a level of framing that was conducted on him that i think was
1: okay well, if we, he we didn't open to... his mouth as much is what i'm saying it,
0: it would have helped him it would have helped him it, for sure yeah definitely what
1: helped him. but my point is maxine waters in that instance i think is like the anti-trump of course. Well, yeah, let, she let, just please, can't. She just can't shut her mouth for two minutes. Like, yeah, she like like the judge said. The judge said, no, she gave him exactly the ammunition he needed to appeal for uh, uh, on the grounds of a mistrial.
0: Yeah, and he did. But the judge is like, it's terrible what this party's doing. But I'm not going to do anything. it's like, oh, of course, <laughs> of course, because he knows that if I say anything to declare a mistrial. People are going to show up outside of my home and, like, potentially throw bricks through my house, potentially burn my home down. And the jurors knew it, too. I wonder if their identities actually were leaked. I seriously wonder that, but that's beside the point.
1: I wonder if it was held in reserve just in case.
0: Why wouldn't you, right? Um, If you have the ability to blackmail someone or you have the power to do that in a very, very corrupt state and government, who's going to protect you? No one's going to protect you, man. So anyway, my point was, is that you've got people like Maxine Waters who are actively inciting violence. Um, you got Biden doing that too. Um, you got Jacob Fry saying that it's like, he says, it doesn't matter. He says, it doesn't matter um, what the verdict is. There is one true reality. And the reality is that George Floyd was murdered by Derek Chauvin. And I'm just like, what you're saying to people you're riling, your continued people are riling people up more and more and more and more and more. And you're turning them into a frenzy. So if what you did, if what you did, if they ruled that it's a mistrial or anything, if basically if the, if the result was anything different than what everybody wanted. And right? what the
1: party had declared it to be.
0: They would be an absolute frenzy. Absolute frenzy. Like the likes of which I don't think we've seen
1: and maybe even the history of the country. And there's a part of me that believes that that was actually what Keith Ellison was trying to do.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. When you know I mean, you can I have rile no people proof up of that, effectively. So
1: yeah, I'm not right. I have no proof of this, so I'm not actually making an accusation. It's just a theory. When you know
0: that when you when you know how to play this activist game and you can get what you want, you keep playing this game. You keep stoking the fires until you get what you want. The problem is is that my concern. Number one, they could do this for any other um, uh, police. Like the fact that th- whatever, regardless of the merits of the trial, if you can show people that you can, if the mob can influence a uh, a jury like this and a judge like this, who I, I think the state appointed a judge who was going to rule this anyways, I would I suspect. But if the once you show people that they can do that. They just need to be angry enough for long enough and cause enough damage long enough until the state bends their knee to them. If you can show them that, they're going to do it again. They're, now BLM knows that they can do that. Now BLM knows that. Now Antifa knows that. Um, and that's my concern. Mm-hmm. Is
1: Yeah, this is the dangerous precedent I was talking about just a few minutes ago. Right. Now, if you could just intimidate the courts to do whatever the mob wants. Right. No, just any, any sort of high pro high profile case. Uh, where the uh, the mob has deemed let's just use the umbrella term of undesirable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The und- undesirable is going to get a guilty verdict, whether he's guilty or not, whether he's right. even present at the scene or not, foreseeably right.
0: Well, I think someone pointed this out too, for example, is like what, what these activists really want and what seems like people want on Twitter is that the, what they want to say is here's, I, I have this conclusion. The mob has this conclusion and we should just go to a, like a judge, should just the States just rule. Yes. He's guilty. No, no trial. No, nothing. Just he's guilty. Send him to jail. It's like, they want the state to be able to just arbitrarily like, yep, he's guilty. He's done. It's like, what do you, what do you want? A, St- a Stalinist show trial, but that's what they want.
1: Well, yeah, not even that, or even as I said in the last episode, which may or may not go up because I've butchered it half the heck already. I'm still not done. But, you know, there was no. also, you know, even considering the folks get under Roland mm-hmm. Freisler.
0: And
1: mm-hmm. I, I would say that court is actually more, uh, the Stalinist courts and Freisler's courts are actually more merciful than this court of public opinion or i i think i've just got to call now the um the blm court
0: yeah court of blm where and that's that's the thing is like it's not it's not because
1: or actually actually uh this is a term i've I've had and I just sort of forgotten it just popped back in my mind. The the people's justice court or yeah. pajama court for short. Pajama
0: court. I, we should use that pajama. Welcome yeah, to Yeah, the pajama, pajama court. court. Welcome to pajama court. We got fun and games. We got safe spaces and colouring books for all your mortal needs. Do but um yeah, so it's
1: Defendant is conservative. Guilty.
0: Yeah. Guilty. Yeah. So my whole point is like what what I find so it's dis- it's distressing. It's distressing it's setting a very very dangerous precedent
1: I I'm not God I live in Tennessee
0: yeah for sure um that's so that's the point I'm coming from but the second thing I wanted to point out is that you know it's uh, with my leftist friends for example or acquaintances I know it's like there's this there's this and some of them libertarian too um there's this fear or not this fear but there's this almost religious ecstasy almost where they're just like so mortally upset they're mortally wounded um of just like this is what i saw and here is the only way that you can possibly see it because it ties into this whole grander narrative that's been spun it's like this is the only thing that i see this is the answer this is all i want to see and the only way i'll ever feel better is if x happens outside in the world that's totally outside of my control and i'm just sitting there just sitting there like either reading uh uh, comments or texts or messages or discussions that I'm sitting there, just sitting there appalled. I'm just like, so you, your mind's already made up. You have all the answers. There's no other way that there can be any other way of looking at things. Here's a solution. And um, when you get the solution you want, you're just like, ju- you know, justice is done. Everything's fantastic. And when you don't get, you want, you cry like a child and then you go riot and loot. And then if you've got a gun, you shoot people. Um, and I'm not saying my friends were doing that. People I know, but there's this bubble of they just that people just believe so much in this propagandist narrative it's like it's like they're telling themselves a religious story it's like they're reciting some kind of like um
1: like a shahadra almost
0: yeah it's like it's like a mantra it's this mantra um i remember this one time one of my friends was more of a political moderate but she her boyfriend's sister was a super radical person and a couple times my friend got drunk on a couple times and basically her friend had her sister, uh, the sister got, uh, like freaked out, like radicalist activists freaked out. And then she started chanting this mantra. Then she got, um, my friend to start chanting this mantra and was sitting there in real time saying, Oh my God, you're chanting this act. Like it's, it's things activists would chant on a megaphone or out to each other. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is really, really chilling stuff. And,
1: uh, Just out of curiosity, what's the setting for this?
0: Uh, We were at a party, and then this drunk guy came out and started, like, surling insults of my friend. uh, Basically, my friend's boyfriend's sister, she freaks out. She's like, oh, my God, it's a racially motivated thing. I just hate because I'm black. That's why she just got – she lost it. And I'm sitting there like – you know, the guy was being a dick.
1: And he's drunk.
0: yeah going straight from zero to like that's the only interpretation that's the only thing it could possibly be that's sort of my concern is that there's this it's almost like a moral tenant it's this religious command you have to interpret the world in this way and you cannot see outside of this lens um you can debate whether that lens is true or not but a lot of these people don't want to hear that so i'm kind of sitting there just baffled by the whole thing thinking like well what do i say do i just just do it just break the arguments apart because a lot of times it'll happen is like i don't want to talk to you about this my mind's already made up i already know the solution you're just biased because you're xyz or you're you're all oh, i my favorite it's like because of the color i'm going to judge you by the color of your skin and then say i have the moral superiority and you wouldn't understand because you're this race i'm like just you can bleep that out but it's yeah, I'm probably gonna
1: up the whole statement.
0: <laughs> not the whole, not the whole statement, but just like well, just I mean, swear just, words.
1: just how how hard it is to get that little narrow sliver of time.
0: Yeah, I go beep beep beep. Um, but anyway, my whole that's my whole point. Um. And it's just like, how do you talk to people like this? Um, because you argue with them at all, and they just they go they go ape stuff crazy.
1: Well, I mean, you you can't argue with somebody like that and it actually calls to mind a a scene from a classic war film by the name of you know the desert Fox which had um why am I blinking on this guy's name he's one of my favorite actors and I'm blanking, uh, James Mason okay. James Mason plays the uh, James Mason plays Rommel
0: uh-huh. aka
1: the desert Fox and he's laid up in hospital sometime near the beginning middle or early middle of the movie. And he's describing of you know trying to win an argument with Hitler. He's like you know he raves, he screams, he goes into such hysterics. It's like trying to make sense with a panic stricken woman.
0: <laughs> that's not politically correct anymore, is it?
1: No, I mean I think that movie was made in like '53.
0: Wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but that's and he's exactly- a phenomenal
1: actor. But oh, I'm sure th- that's beside the point.
0: Well, that's kind of it. I mean, there are and. I've met a lot of, uh, I met people who are panic stricken, but, um, some women I've met who are panic stricken. I'm like, they will not hear anything you're saying unless you're totally like hear everything I say and empathize with me totally and feel everything that I'm feeling. And then maybe I'll listen to you Mm -hmm. or like, I need to scream at you and tell you my opinion and what the truth is. It's like, I'm going to punch you in the face with the truth. And then if you don't bow to it, you are literally Hitler.
1: Yeah, almost like uh, you know HR 127 where you know you pay uh, the attorney general an $800 kickback yearly and maybe he'll protect you from liability.
0: Right. Right. Excuse me. Um so it's 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 a it's a it's a disgusting disturbing situation because what pro- the problem is that when you <sighs> The reason why the country's formulated the way it is, is it's supposed to protect minorities. It's supposed to protect people who have unpopular views or are in the smaller percentage of the population.
1: And now we've evolved, it well, evolved, in air quotes, into, right. you know, if you're not part of the majority opinion, then you're just not part of the people, which is where this logic yeah. is going ultimately. Yeah,
0: that's, that's a good way of putting it, is that, you aren't, you aren't you're you're you're
1: know, you're inhuman yeah well yeah it's like that bumper sticker i saw and i think i talked about it already on the show that said conservatives are not the people you follow the logic of where they're going you, know, you narrow you define the people as the majority people if you're not part of the majority opinion you're not part of the people we and then the you people... follow that even further down the rabbit hole Yeah. you know if they're not part of the people why would we give them rights Therefore, conservatives are not people.
0: Right, because it's the status view where it's saying that the, state, the rights come from the state. They're not given by God or there's something intrinsically imbued with people. They're given from the state. So when you say we the people only means that we the people that are popular or are in vogue, we only want those people to be we the people. So why should we give them rights? Because the state arbitrarily decides who it wants to have rights and how it's like, it's just what, what's so silly is that what people say, the argument, people say stuff like, oh, because all my friends are part of this group and they feel this way so intensely. The only way they'll feel better is if this happens. And it's just like, why who first of all, who pointed you to speak on behalf of a big group? Second of all, why are you saying that the whole group has all the same opinion and everything? That seems kind of both racist and discriminatory. So here's the problem is with this level of, of sophisticated censorship, it's what people have done is that there's only one mainstream view and the mainstream view is, is cleverly spun. So it makes it sound like there's a discourse and something when the reality is you're just being fed the same view on everything. Mm -hmm. There's only one proper answer, you know, take my daily bread. In this case, it's Let's see what CNN wants to tell me to believe on Twitter.
1: That's an interesting twist that I didn't even think of. Right. Because that's almost like the anti-Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread.
0: Yeah. But it's not to the gods. Or in this case. It's it's, it's a state.
1: Or in this case, command these stones to become bread.
0: Yeah. And almost in this this view of the will, the will is supreme, you look at nature and you say... I should be able to will the stones to be bread and how dare nature not turn the stones into bread. And it's like, basically like I should be God and I should be all powerful. And I'm like, this sounds exactly like the sort of narrative that we see um, the serpent in the garden of Eden saying, it's like, it just, it's just along the same logic. You are God. So you should be able to just think anything you want and it becomes real.
1: It's a mad, mad world. And unfortunately it, And I was actually kind of surprised when I saw this, especially somebody like Lauren Chen, the Roman, uh, Roman millennial, the roaming millennial, Mm -hmm. openly calling for secession.
0: What do you think about that?
1: Honestly? Well, she was more or less talking about her interview with uh, some, I forget his name, uh, Michael Malice, now that Mm -hmm. I see it on YouTube. Uh, I only just started watching the interview before you before we started this, but he calls it the national divorce.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I will say, uh, personally, I sort of agree mm-hmm. to an, uh, to a very limited extent. I'm more I'm thinking more maybe just a national separation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: a temporary separation. you know, let's just sit in our corners let's cool off and then we'll come back together whenever we yeah. can cool off.
0: Yeah. The problem is the federal government wouldn't, they don't want to allow this. What these leftists. Yeah. Cause they lose do, power. Well, they would. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. And how, what communism in general and socialism is predicated on is you have to Participate in this. You have to be taxed. You have to participate on it. You cannot escape. You must bow. You must comply. You must be here. So when so if you said something like, I want to walk away from this. So if you think of it like a relationship or a family dynamic, saying, look, you people are abusive and you're cruel and you enjoy being cruel. You enjoy intimidating people that don't think like you. You enjoy persecuting people that don't think like you. You love being a blabbermouth about your opinions and talking over people. I don't want to have a relationship with you. What this abusive mother comes and this abusive father come in. They both come in and they say, you must be here because we're your family and you have to be here. You must take the abuse. You have to be an outlet for my abuse. Um, so in in the concept of like the States, um, you know, Ron Paul put it this way. It's like, it's like staying at someone's house. You can stay there as long as you want, but if you want to leave, you have the freedom in the constitution to do that. Unfortunately, the first time in the Civil War. Um, it's clear, it was made clear that, well, you're not allowed to leave. Um, but it's more complicated than that, but that's kind of what was kind of the, kind of the result. But second of all, um, if you have States like Texas or other red States, for example, that say, I don't want to be a part of a family discussion where I can't say anything, where I'm where everyone's allowed to scream at me, but I can't defend myself or say anything. And I'm not allowed to walk away. I basically have to be effectively I'm at the mercy of everyone screaming and publicly beating me and humiliating me because I think anything differently than what they want. What, what, what can I do? Um, I mean, do you remember that, uh, this past week? Um, I think it was black lives matter was calling for people to be not, there's someone uh, doing a BLM rally and he says, you know, it's time for, you have to get blood on your hands. You have to get ready to get dirty because we have to start killing people.
1: I remember someone, it wasn't Black Lives Mm -hmm. Matter, it was its, I'm going to say its spiritual predecessor, which is the new Black Panther Party, Mm -hmm. King uh, Samir Shabazz, saying things like, you want freedom, you got to kill some crackers, you got to kill some of their babies, and that's a direct quote. You want freedom, you're going to have to kill some crackers. You're going to have to kill some of their babies.
0: Yeah. So what do you do? You flee right?
1: Yeah, it's like, you no. Know,
0: I don't want to be in a house where like, where everyone's pointing a gun at me.
1: Yeah, and I think you said it best. You know, if I'm part of this, family, if you're just going to have a family discussion, which I can't even be part of, you know, hmm. then I might as well just walk out. And you look at the situation nowadays, you, you look outside and what I, at least what I see are de facto two separate nations Now you got you know this federalist and I use that term loosely Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, almost oligarchy on the one hand uh, the oligarch majority the mob rule and then you have the Christian society Uh, the other side I'm going to label as the secularist oligarchy and then you have the Christian republic on the other yeah now it's looking out it looks like two separate nations and you know i would favor in principle and since at the present moment i don't see any other peaceful resolution to this problem
0: well the problem is is that and what people say well it's there's corruption on both sides well it's it's funny like and i think i've said this before but i'll say this again when republicans are at fault or let's do it this way let's take this out of a political situation let's say it's people let's say it's a husband and wife when the man when the husband is at fault the husband's at fault when the wife's at fault or when both parties are at fault the husband's at fault but when both parties when the wife's at fault and it's her who's at fault Oh, well, both parties are at fault. So it's like you you keep deflecting any kind of responsibility and criticism when you've got the other person in the relationship doing that consistently who gets smoke screened and an ability to do that. You can't have a relationship with them when they're excused from all personal responsibility um, from their behavior where I will punish you for doing X, but you cannot have that standard on me because I'm the one in power. Hmm. Like piss off, man.
1: And I am, of course, only speaking in theory. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, and I, like I said, I don't really see any other peaceful resolution to this problem, or at yeah. least any resolution. Let me put it this way this is the only uh, solution I could think of that has the slightest, remotest possibility of not resulting in civil war
0: mm-hmm.
1: with how polarized it is today.
0: Well, you know, it's it's just the the fact is that the radical left is not going to let conservatives do that. They're not going to let them leave, and they're not going to let them be at peace, and they're not going to let them go have their own territory and be their own thing. They won't let them do that.
1: Which, if it does it, happen anyway, it'll probably be our first time of a civil cold war.
0: Yeah. Well, here's here's my point too. I kind of mentioned this um, in Bed Franklin's biography. One of the the author mentioned that ben franklin had a son who was very who's a who's a governor and he was very very loyalist to the british empire to the crown and it basically got to a point in their relationship where ties between the two the like the two sides were getting to a point where ben just couldn't have a relationship with his son anymore um they were just like nope we're just done and that we're, we're at that point now we're getting more to that point Um, The problem is that I think the deep state and the feds want a civil war and they want a race war, so they're going to keep stoking these fires until they get a reaction.
1: And that is to say, I I don't want a civil war.
0: Neither do I.
1: But if there's this national separation that has to take place, I will say if if it has to happen, it should just be temporary. Mm -hmm. Just like I said, until both sides cool down, until we're ready to come back to the table and reintegrate. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Which you can do if both sides want to reconcile, but if one side wants to reconcile or just be left alone and the other side is I'm going to pursue you and give you a bloody nose and steal your possessions. You can't blame both parties for doing that. You have to hold the people saying those things responsible. You can't just say we're justified because everyone's doing it or I'm upset and I'm in a, I have the moral superiority. So therefore I'm justified in doing this. First of all, like I've seen videos of Antifa down in Minneapolis right now. Like this truck was trying to drive by and they, this guy pulled out a black van in front of it and stopped the truck. And then everyone jumped up on the, on the, the semi started banging on the windows. Like, yeah, 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 man. It's like, screw you. First of all. Second of all. Um,
1: yeah. That's when I pull out the Ruger.
0: Right. Right. But it's also, so the truck did, it's like, okay. So the, the, the car got out of the way, the truck backed up and they just went going. And it's just like, and then they did this like little clip thing on uh, Twitter. It's like, Oh man, the truck's trying to plow through people's trying to one way. Okay. First of all, you liar. No, it wasn't. It wasn't trying to do that at all. You stopped the truck. Y- you jumped up on him. You attacked the guy. And then you started ripping out the cords behind the truck that are the connection lines to the semi. You freak the guy out. He's a semi truck driver who's overworked as it is. Right? Mm -hmm. He drives through. He's like, man, he's trying to kill people, man. Everyone's screaming like, I ran me over. It's like, you guys are – you are – you are literally the children of the devil because all you do is lie, you lie, you lie, you lie all day long, get off on it. It's like, oh, I gotta lie some more and I gotta lie about this and that. It's infuriating because you can't have a conversation with any of these people because all they'll do is say, I'm gonna take what you say, I'm gonna lie about you. I'm gonna take this other thing you said I'm gonna lie about you. I don't wanna hear your actual argument is I wanna twist you into some kind of Nazi and I'm gonna make you into something else. It's like, it's really incredibly sickening. Like it's so infuriating. Because it's like, you you lie and you shamelessly lie and you you keep acting this way. And then you're called on it. And, and then it's like, well, I, can, I don't need to argue with you. I can just attack you. I can just shut you down. And then they wonder why we, like a lot of people, uh, why, like maybe moderates and conservatives don't wanna to talk to them. That's the intent, they wanna silence them.
1: Yeah, and it's why I really don't engage in politics on Facebook anymore.
0: Why I'm not on it's Facebook?
1: Like, yeah, it's like, what's the point at this point?
0: Yeah. Um, because they don't want to talk.
1: Yeah, you, you don't want to talk, you want to dominate. Yeah. But anyway, we are starting to run low on time, so
0: yeah.
1: Time to wrap up that absolutely blockbuster discussion. Did somebody say blockbuster? Hit the dirt. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I can't end something on a sad note. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, too. But uh, anyway, since we are running out of time, Mister Banks, your book quote, please. So this is a quote by Aristotle.
0: He says, Ooh, "The wise man, the wise man speaks because he has something to say. The fool speaks because he has to say something."
1: And it's not hard to see who are the wise and who are the foolish with that quote.
0: I just pray that God will protect us and keep, keep us safe. And I mean, call us into greater obedience to him and his cause, but um, I just ask him that, you know, he'd protect us in this, on these uncertain times because um, it's at a point where we just, who else are we going to turn to?
1: Exactly. Anyway, I think I'll conclude this with a uh, something we Catholics have. It's a uh, prayer to Saint Michael, and I actually did this with Banks before we started shooting. So anyway, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, and we humbly pray. And do Thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust him to hell, Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen.
0: And I'll add this real quick too. Heavenly Father, I ask you to keep your faithful, um, protect them, bless them, have them prosper. And uh, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I ask you to not just punish the wicked, if, if, the, if the those who do evil I ask you to bring them into a connection and a relationship with you where they'll obediently follow you and maybe have a chance to be redeemed and change their course but if they will not i ask you to hold them accountable and i ask you to um, do justice to them according to your purposes thank you god amen thy thy
1: holy be uh, thy holy will be done jesus
0: a radical bro
1: Anyway, so that is all we have time for. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and please share the show. Yeah, please share the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for watching, you guys. Yeah, we love you guys. Stay safe. Pax et bonum. Hey, folks! If you like our podcast, be sure to check us out on Facebook and also check us out on our podcast platforms, namely Anchor, Spotify. Google Cast and others you can also find on Anchor God bless